Welcome to Colonial Church's Deep Dive series. These sessions are meant to act as a companion to our messages, where we speak to our pastors about what went into the creation of the messages, flesh out some of the larger points, and get insight into what they hope some of the takeaways are, while also getting a preview of what's to come. If you haven't already listened to the companion message, we highly recommend doing so beforehand. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy these and grow in them. Hey guys, thanks for checking us out. This is another episode of Deep Dive from Colonial Church. Today we are talking about Pastor Maddie's new message on anxiety and mental health. And with me today is, of course, Pastor Maddie. Say hello, Maddie. Hello. Here we are. Here we are. And then our good friend Tommy. Say hello. Hey, hey. There we go. Um, okay, so yesterday's message was, to put it uh, frankly, pretty incredible. Phenomenal. I think it was uh, not only incredibly practical, but it was also incredibly bold, if I would be uh, so apt to say so. It, um, I think, kind of pushed some ideas of what we're okay to talk about in church. Um, we talked about things that some people would probably consider taboo to even talk about in the home, let alone in the house of God. Uh, so what's the deal with that, Matty? Was that designed to be that way or how did, how did that just come out? Well, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to talk about with this specific topic and, um, and this subject matter, but, um, but as part of this series that we just started, you know, on margin, um, I really looked at kind of, and, and sort of went to the Lord and was like, look, you know, th- these are the areas of our lives, you know, when it comes to margin, there's margin in finances, there's margin in um, the physical part of our lives. And then, you know, you can't look at margin in your own life without thinking about, you know, mental health, emotional health, um, you know, uh, even relationships. And so I just felt a real pressing to go in this direction and, um, and really honestly was just kind of blown away by the response. And, um, yeah, it's exciting actually just to, to sort of feel this new frontier um, in a sense from the pulpit because this is an area that, that a lot of people struggle with. Yeah, know? I think so. Do you think, you just said like kind of described it as a new frontier. Do you think we here at Colonial Church are unique in um, putting forward a message like this and wanting to talk about this topic? Or is this something that like you see churches getting more and more on board with? Um, and if so, like, why has it taken so long? Mm. Yeah, well, I think um, what I kind of, you know, and I hope everyone listens to the message before they listen to this because there was a lot of statistics that I kind of used um, yesterday. And I think that is actually one of the, the causes of maybe the church's um, catch-up that's happening right now. But when you even look at something like as simple now as like, say, diagnosing stress in a person's life, you know, that really wasn't talked about 50 years ago, 60, 70 years ago. People were under stress, but Mm -hmm. like it just wasn't from a medical perspective and from like, you know, doctors helping people. um, It really wasn't sort of talked about a whole lot the way it is today. And so I think what the church's, you know, role is, is to, to, I think, lead the conversation with, with things like that. And, 
you know, one of my, my good friends, Nathan Finocchio, likes to say is the church is amazing at taking whatever culture brings you and baptizing it in Jesus' name. <laughs> and so and so in a sense, this is what this is what I feel like the church's role is right now, you know, because this is a massive, massive um, giant. Um, yeah. But like I said yesterday is, uh, you know, we serve a, uh, a giant slayer. So it's cool to so good, yeah. it's cool to look at this um, and talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's awesome. I think it's important too. You talked about, you, you know, this not only being the church's role, but you talked about us personally having roles in this, owning some personal responsibility in that. And also you talked about the role of um, kind of doctors and professionals in this. You, you kind of gave a disclaimer. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really important. Can you talk about kind of the importance of those three different areas, you know, whether it be the church, the person or the, the professional? Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the disclaimer that, that I think all pastors need to give when they're talking about this sort of thing is that we are not doctors, but, um, you know, speaking from my own perspective, I love doctors. I think doctors are so helpful. I feel like medical professionals in general are an extension of God's healing hand, mm-hmm. which is what I said yesterday. Yeah, that's good. Um, Jill and I, we, we believe in getting help. We believe in Christian counseling. Um, you know, it's, it's very, very important. Um, so it was kind of a disclaimer from the perspective of, I wanted everyone to know where I stood on that. Yeah. So it's not like I was coming at it with like, Hey, forget everything the medical professionals are telling you. Um, but I want you to add this in as your pastor and as, as the leader of our church community. Um, so yeah, that was that. And then, then just talking about, um, personal responsibility, it was kind of cool, um, because there's so much about the Christian walk that is personal mm-hmm. and you have to be the type of person that, um, that is willing to own up, you know, in a sense to where you're at. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of funny, but like you can't hide from God, like he sees everything. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so we just have to be willing, I think sometimes to, you know, that's why I use the title manage the margin. It really puts the impetus back on the person. Like you've got to manage your margin. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, you got to know what margin is, but then you got to say, okay, what areas of my life am I lacking margin? And, um, and, and it's personally my responsibility to kind of confront this in my own life and look at it. So, yeah, I think that's important. I think people, because I think unfortunately people would use a message like this, um, coming from the church to be like, oh, well, this guy's telling me, um, I should just turn to God and walk away from my meds and whatever Mm. my doctor has told Mm. me. And it's like, no, 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 listen, this is, we're not doing that. And unfortunately it's kind of sad that we have to say that, but it is, I think it's awesome that we are saying that, like we're bold enough to be like, listen, we don't, we're not discrediting anything these people do. Yeah. You know, we're just telling you that if you also turn to God, like things will get better, Mm. you know, that there's just hope in that. And Mm. that I think speaks to this, the message of the gospel in general, general, there is hope. You know, totally. So, and I think that's the role of the church. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. You know, we're in the middle of this series now, manage the margin. We were talking about all sorts of different things. Last week was financial, right? And then a couple other things. It's interesting now. Like after going through this whole mental health message that we went through yesterday, mm-hmm. none of the other margin things can happen without this foundation of mental health. Like I can't properly build margin anywhere else if my own mental margin isn't in in like place properly, you know what I mean? Totally. So it's one of those things where it's like, I can't even properly spend time with the Lord. I can't do anything 
if I haven't managed my own mental side of things well yet. So it's like really cool to have this kind of practical foundation that you kind of laid out for everyone too. Yeah, there's like a there's there's a real inter connectivity or this interwoven kind of thing between all these different areas when you're talking about margin because like last week I talked about physical margin mm -hmm. and when you think about it in the sense of even just rest or sleep um you know sleep to me and mental health man there's an amazing connection right there mm -hmm. because if you don't have sleep man you're just like you're 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 struggling to 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 kind of you know keep going um and so so yeah i think i think that's the other thing that we're going to see in this series is this really like awesome sort of river that that's flowing that where they're all connected you know and that that god like he, he you know he's created our whole being so in a sense is like this holistic answer yeah that he wants to give us so it's pretty exciting yeah. yeah you know just from i know it was probably hard for you to see um being up on the platform um but looking around in the audience like this was one of the messages where i was honestly overwhelmed by the amount of people taking notes like there was just yeah. a ton of people taking notes i would say easy 90 percent of the congregation wow. was just sitting there on their phones taking notes and really just kind of glued to what you were saying mm. and um, as much as i want to give you credit for being a great speaker i mean it was <laughs> the content was just everybody I think everybody at some point realizes that they struggle with this in yeah. some form or fashion yep. uh, to some degree. Mm -hmm. And this was like a breath of fresh air for people to be like, okay, I'm not alone in this. Yeah. Clearly, like this is not something that I need to go through by myself, mm. but also, okay, it's okay. We can talk about this. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important. You talked about the role of um, like the family um, and how we don't need to do this on our own. Um, and that's kind of like the role that you talk about for the church. Um, what do you see, like, do you see that being like a game changer in the sense of dealing with mental health? Do you see like the fact that we can come together and do this as a group as like going to be like something that's going to really break down some of these walls and change some lives? I think you've, you've hit it on the head. Like it is, that is the game changer. I think I said yesterday that, that um, community and my third point about finding your people and talking to your people, mm -hmm. that part of this conversation, I believe, is embedded in the answer to this issue. So in other words, like isolation, trying to do it alone, trying to hold back from letting people know, allowing fear to, 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 to stop you from talking about it. Um, like we can't allow that we have to lean into community mm -hmm. because I truly believe that that the answer is actually found um, in community uh, specifically community of believers so we got to walk this out together you know I, I quoted Proverbs 18 uh, verse 1 one of my kind of favorite I use this for the guys a lot because because men love to just isolate themselves um, it's just sort of a natural tendency but we can't do that when it comes to the mental health and and, and emotional um, struggles because we need to be able to talk talk about it but in proverbs 18 it says um you know he who isolates himself isn't wise um and i think it's the second part of that verse it says he you know he breaks out against all sound judgment and um you know i just uh, it's so it's so important you know the family structure is such a great like god-given thing but you think about the church family too um you know the early church displayed it um, I think we can display it 
Um, and I think we're doing everything we can at our church to kind of encourage people, hey, you're part of a family. You know, I don't like to talk about church as like membership. And mm. the reason that I do that is because I, I don't like the exclusivity tone with that. Um, I like to talk, talk about it as a family because that immediately makes it feel inclusive. Um, and that, you know, in a family, it's kind of like front doors always open. You know what I mean? Um, and so I think we just have to be, you know, ready to always talk about that. And then, you know, always just put the ball in other people's court and say, hey, look, if you're struggling with this, like there are people that are here to talk to you. There are connect groups available. You know, there are, um, yeah. there are opportunities to be in community, but you've got, to, you've got to see this as something that you can't do alone. Yeah, that's good. On the, on the flip side of that, as leaders, how important is it to walk through something like that, have God take you to the other side of it, and then again, you have to be open with it and start ushering other people through it, helping other people walk through different things. So once you go through it, mm-hmm. in terms of helping people go through, is that kind of, how does that relationship start working out? How does that, um, yeah, how does that, how does that flow? Yeah, I think um, every situation is different. Um, but yeah, we just talked before before we started recording. You know, Katie, um, Katie Ellen brought like a team rally message yesterday and talking about sort of coming through a tough season or coming through, um, you know, I think she talked about the refinement mm-hmm. um, and and that actually being the thing that that helps other people come through and and it was amazing how even just that team rally message was congruent with the message mm-hmm. on on Sunday right um you know just god doing what god does but like it was cool because because that is exactly kind of how i tried to end the message was like look your struggle with this might be the answer for someone else and that's kind of hard really hard thought but it actually is pretty amazing the way god uses testimony he uses story he uses breakthrough yeah as a a mechanism for other people to say or see and be like i can actually do this yeah that person was able to walk through it they're still on their feet they still love the lord yeah um and there's hope for me yeah so yeah that's huge I think it was a, if there was a tagline for this message, um, it was when you said, you know, it's okay not to be okay, Mm. but it's not okay not to talk about it. Yeah. And like, I think that to me is critical. Like we have to be willing to talk about this and we have to feel like when we talk about this, it's not going to be frowned upon. It's not going to be this judgmental cast aside, like, oh, so-and-so has got problems. I can't help them. Right. Um, and like, what better place to start that than in the church? Like, mm. I feel like mm-hmm. if the church can't do it right, there's just no hope for them. Y- yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a reality there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's also important. You talk about uh, the idea of like trusting in God because he's got a plan and you reference, you reference Leviticus. Mm. Um, can you maybe expand on that a little bit more? Yeah. So, um, I kind of finished the message by talking about, um, in the midst of struggle, in the midst of trial, you know, there has to be this, this element of, you know, leaning into the mystery of God. So, it's one thing that we as humans struggle with is like we want full clarity. We want the full picture all <laughs> yeah. the time. All the time. And, um, you know, 
God is so great at just revealing himself at the right time to yeah. us. Yep. And so um, I ended it with my fourth point, which was trust God. He has a plan. And, um, and, and it was cool because the week before I used Leviticus 23, I think, which was all about how margin can be a blessing to other people. Using the example of the people of God um, being instructed by God not to harvest to the edge of their fields to leave margin to be a blessing to other people. This week, it was kind of cool. I was just looking at Matthew chapter 6, which was our anchor passage um, about anxiety. Jesus is addressing it specifically. And, um, and then um, in Leviticus 25, it talks about um, the Sabbath year, the seventh year, and God actually says that I will command a blessing in the sixth year that's going to carry you for more than one year. Hmm. And um, and I just felt like that was kind of the word, which was like at the end of the day, um, your struggle is real. People people need to be alongside you, but you've got to have this trust that God has has a plan. And he's you know whether it's grief, whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, um, no matter where you're at, in any season, even mountaintop seasons, it's like you still got to trust that God's got a plan because even when, if I'm riding high, you know, <laughs> I, I just, there's some kind of thing that I just want to know that I'm, I'm, I'm in the will of God. And um, so, yeah, I think that was kind of a good way to, to sort of talk about it was like, even when you go back to Leviticus 25 towards the very front of our Bibles, yeah. God had a plan. He yeah. had a plan to provide. He had a plan to secure. It actually says in there, he says, if you if you keep my commands, do my statutes, you will live in the land securely. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 the answer. That's the antidote for anxiousness is because you get anxious because you feel like you don't have security. Mm-hmm. And God all the way back then is like saying, hey, don't worry about asking for food, clothing, you know, harvest. He's like, I got it covered. I yeah. got a plan. That's okay. And, and rest is that plan, right? Like, that's the thing that he's planning out. It's like, guys, I know you're going to need a break. Just let me take care of you. Like, all the way back, Leviticus, Old Testament style. Yeah. So good. And Jesus, you know, in Matthew 6, um, you know, I went back and I counted um, in the passage uh, as I was preparing for the message. It was like, yeah, 10 verses long, but six direct references to the state of being anxious. And to me, that wow. was stark. I was just yeah. like, wow, that's, that's contrasting right there in Scripture. Because he's mm-hmm. using the context of prayer. That's just before Matthew, that, that particular part in Matthew 6. He addresses um, how to pray. He talks about um, you know, that he delivers kind of the Lord's Prayer for us. And um, so it's in the context of prayer, he actually brings this anxiety message. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and again, he's just saying like, why, why are you looking? Why are you worried about clothing? Why are you worried about you know, what you're going to eat. He's just like, look at, look around you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's how we hit some of the practical things yesterday was just like, you know, what are you looking at? What are yeah. you, what are you, what are you visualizing? Mm-hmm. You know, that, that could be fueling and feeding anxiety. Mm-hmm. I think you took it, um, a different way actually than maybe we'll see how I'm, uh, interpret it with Matthew six. You specifically reference that word saying, hmm. um, what was it again? Yeah. How did um, the verse go? Yeah. And, and when you say, what shall we eat? Um, what shall we drink? Um, you know, he, he uses that word saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of cool when you go back to Leviticus 25, there's also a reference there. Yeah. That he says, and when you say, you know, what are we going to do in the seventh year? Yeah. God assures them. I think 
um, I don't know when, when I had this thought at some point during the message, there was, there was another revelation of, which we've talked about before, like the things you actually say, like the, the words that come out of your mouth, like have power, you know? Mm. And so when you're actually saying like, I'm worried about what I'm going to eat, I'm worried about like, that's giving power to those actual like anxieties and stuff like that. Versus if you're actually saying positive things, Mm. that's the powerful stuff that's actually going to come to be. And that's the stuff that's going to bring life. Um, Mm. The power of life and death in the tongue, right? Yeah. Right. (laughs) And so that's, that's kind of like how I, how I, how I took that, that moment, I guess, in scripture, like what, what he's talking about. Yeah. It's the power of words again. You talk about the idea or it's, you don't even really have to talk about it. It's kind of implicit in this, but society has kind of trained us and bred us for perfection. Like we're always seeking perfection. And when we don't reach it, society also tells us like we should be hard on ourselves about it. Like you should always shoot for the best, be the best at this, push yourself harder than everybody else. Never be content, never Mm -hmm. be complacent. Mm -hmm. Um, You can be better is basically. Yeah. You can always be better. Um, And that causes a huge amount of anxiety. Um, So in that, how do we, how do we break away from that? How do we practically step out of that mentality of like, I always have to be better or someone else is going to do it better than me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that's, that's exactly kind of the, the context we're working within now in our society is, uh, we live in a culture and a, in a, uh, cultural context or construct that kind of is trying to feed us a narrative that says, you know, you have to do all these things to therefore be successful. And if you don't meet those successful, meet all the criteria, then you won't be successful. Whereas, you know, I think we're living in a time we've never lived in before, which is kind of obvious, but we have so many factors at play. Um, and you think about like kind of what, what, are the, what, is, what is the opposite of the margin message? The, the, the opposite of the margin message is really what culture is kind of making, trying to make people do, which is causing this, um, I call it like, um, you know, overload slavery. Hmm. So we're just like constantly overloaded. Like you think about it, technology, um, you know, um, social overload. We have like all kinds of, you know, even financial overload, you know, um, we get all kinds of issues and there's just this overload narrative. Whereas God is sort of saying, why, why, you know, you know, I think in the first week I said, just because you can do more, just because our society has created a construct that says there's more, more is possible. Does that mean you have to do more? Yeah. And I think again, it's the church's role to, to elevate high the word of God above all else. And for us to look to God's word for direction on, on what that looks like. And I think like, I don't know, but I, I just love Psalm, what Psalm 23 says because to me that that's a lifestyle of margin. Mm-hmm. It's it's like God is leading me. I'm not rushed. Mm-hmm. I'm well fed. I'm taken care of. I'm secure. And despite dark valleys and deep places that I may walk through, the direction of my life is secure because God's in control. Um, and I just honestly feel like when we when we live marginless, we live out of control. So, because we have no, we have no, mm-hmm. um, depth, we have no, um, 
additional resource available, whether it's time, money, emotional energy, margin. And, um, and I think margin is, is, is so important. So yeah, I think, I think we're living in a time that's, like I said yesterday, we, we're facing a constellation of factors we've never faced before. Yeah. All at one time. Um, I think previous ages have had it much rougher, way rougher. I mean, like, but now with the speed of life, and again, this cultural um, kind of push means that kind of we're, we're sort of just, we're either just not aware of it and we get swept up in it. Mm-hmm. And then we turn around 10 years later and wonder what just happened with my life. I need help. Or we can do what this series I hope will do, which will force people to take inventory and say, you know what? There's actually things I don't need to do. Yeah, There's actually things I can, I can avoid. There's, there's, Actually, you know what? I'm going to choose what I want to do. Like, what a, yeah. what a novel concept. You yeah. Know? Like, <laughs> I'm going to actually sit down and make a choice. I'm going to sit down with my spouse and we're going to talk about, like, what, what are we actually going to do versus what we have to do or what, what everyone's telling us to do. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know if that answers the question. I kind of went, no, I went on does. a run there, but. You know, it's funny. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this up, and some of our audience may have not heard this before, which then puts a fire under me to make sure people hear it. But it reminds me, um, your wife, Jill, wrote a song called Slow. Yeah. Um, where the main lyric is like, just breathe in, slow down, won't let my heart be troubled. And like finding like peace in God. And that, yeah. that kind of, I think, sums it up. That's like a perfect song for this message, really, now that yeah. I think about it. Yeah, we really we really wrote that song together. So oh, I, yeah. we'll I'm, give ex- you, I'll give you I'm expecting a co-write on that one. <laughs> we'll <give you> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no, we She's can believe that. We can believe uh, that. She's brilliant. Yeah, and that song is like, yeah, it's coming out of the the kind of the core of our house, mm-hmm. um, our church. Because I, I just yeah, I just genuinely believe this is sort of like something that God's put on our house is this idea that, you know, I'd rather slow down and try to hear God more then speed up and maybe miss him. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, yeah, that song is just a, and I love how our church has kind of picked up that song and run with it. Yeah. Um, it's really, really good. It's huge. I think this might be like a little bit of a different direction, but I'm just curious now. So, so we were just talking about um, what the, our current culture is defining as success. Mm-hmm. Can we talk a little bit about what the Bible would define as success? Yeah, because I feel like that is—it's like super practical talk for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like that could, you know, lean into like the the mental health side of things if we actually know the success. Like, you want to be good, you want to like strive. Like the Bible talks about that for sure. Mm -hmm. But what um, what should we actually be striving for? What should we be like chasing Mm. after? Yeah. In in terms of success. Yeah, such a good question. I think um. I think there's like a variety of answers, but like immediately when you said that, um, I remembered that verse when Paul writes to Timothy and he says, you know, um, godliness with contentment is great gain. And I think, <laughs> so good. I think the, uh, yeah, I think the, I think the, the answer is contentment. Yeah. So godly contentment is really to me success. Yeah. So like, um, because like just to, just to kind of dumb it down, like mm-hmm. that's when I'm going to be most fulfilled. Yeah. So for me, success, being successful, um, I think I just want to be content with, with my life when it comes to God. And so 
you know, he says like um, godliness, so being, you know, being in the will of God, serving God, around the things of God, and then contentment, he says is great gain. Hmm. So it's like, you know, it's like I have this mathematical background, so I'm just like one plus one equals two. I'm just like, so I just add those things together and then it's great gain. Yeah. Like, whoa, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that would be kind of the big picture answer is like we've got to figure out what contentment looks like. Yeah. Because I see a lot of people doing this. They they enter into a season. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Like God's good. I'm like, I'm blessed. You know, I just bought a house. I got a new job. You know, all that sort of stuff. And then it's like contentment leaves. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, and we all go through this. It's like plateaus, moments of kind of like we feel like, you know, we're in a bit of a neutral moment. And that's all good. But if we can remember that that verse and like that kind of, you know, urging that Paul's giving Timothy, which is like, f- just focus on contentment, you yeah. know. Because I've, I've found myself there too where I used to just chase after the next thing, whatever society says the next thing is. Mm-hmm. So bigger house, um, better job, mm-hmm. um, promotion. You know, I used to work in, a, in the corporate world and it was kind of like, you know, you climb this, climb this ladder and get to these promotions, these levels and these levels, then you get more access or more money. And then, it, you know, and it's just sort of like never ending. Yeah. Um, but if we focus on contentment, it's kind of like, well, what do I need? Yeah. And I love asking myself that question a lot. Like, what do I actually need? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, it come, sometimes you look around and you're like, actually, it'd be cool if I had a bigger house. Yeah. But I'm kind of content with what I have. Yeah. And it's not settling. It's just yeah. saying, this is, I, I really love what I have. Yeah. yeah. Content and complacent aren't the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, Pastor Brian Houston, who's my pastor, he preached a message one time called Content Not Settled. And I love that message because yeah. it was just like, yeah, like like let God lead you into new places, mm-hmm. but don't don't be about the new place. Be about letting God lead you. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, and good. and like I feel like that kind of has been my own testimony because because mm-hmm. I used to be in my in my old like before I went full time at church and pastoring the church and all that sort of stuff. I, there there was this kind of you know, other parts of my life, all of my twenties was sort of filled in the corporate world. And, and I'll be totally transparent at the beginning of my corporate career. I was fixated on Mm -hmm. that, that idea of success, Mm -hmm. that idea of jumping up and getting that and being able to go there and like have these things. And like, it was just, you know, it was at the end of the day, it was superfluous. Yeah. And it was um, now I know that it wasn't contentment based living. It was just simply operate, operating out of a desire to fill voids that, you know, you, you don't need to fill. Yeah. So, what's the answer when it comes to success? I think it's contentment overall. Mm-hmm. And then it's just asking yourself, like, you know, what, what does God want yeah. me to do? Does God want me to take this job? Like I love asking, I love encouraging people in that because if someone comes to me and says, oh, what do you, what do you think I should do? Mm-hmm. I always just say, well, what do you think God's saying? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Who cares what I'm saying? <laughs> like I'm going to like always just try to point you to God's best. Yeah. And so it's kind of cool when you get there with people because they're just like, actually, I just, I feel like God's saying this. It's yeah. like, great. Well, let's, let's lean into that. Yeah. That's awesome. One of your points yesterday was simply to give yourself a break. Um, and you kind of talked about some practical, applicable 
things we could do. Um, can you maybe dive into those a little bit and then explain the importance of giving yourself a break? Because I think it speaks again to the counter to what culture tells us to do, you know, not, not to give ourselves a break, to always strive. This is the complete opposite. So some people may need some explanation. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so point number two in the message yesterday was um, give yourself a break. Um, in, in, you know, answering the question of how do we manage and build margin in this area. So I just said, you know, pretty simply, just give yourself a break. Um, I think I used another, you know, a way of describing that as cut yourself some slack. Mm-hmm. Give yourself a minute. I talked about sort of responsibility when it comes to that is, is, is kind of in a sense, only you can really know other people can, can, I think, get a perspective on it, but only you can really know, hey, I need to give myself a break. Um, so that's kind of your responsibility. Other people are there to help, but you've got to know, like, this is a moment when I need to maybe step out mm-hmm. um, and just give myself a break. Um, so I gave, I gave the church um, just some kind of, maybe some practical handles on how you do that. So um, one of them was just sort of move spaces for a minute. Um, and what that meant was just kind of, if you feel like you're in a little bit of a storm mentally or emotionally and you're just in the middle of something kind of big, just give yourself a break and move environments for a moment. So like, you know, my pastor always says stuff like this and I love it. He's like, sometimes you've got to get out of it to be able to look at it. Yeah. Right. So if you can step out of your space for a minute, then you can get a visual on what you're actually dealing with. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we get in the middle of the storm, head down, blinkers on, and it's like, I'm just kind of struggling through. But sometimes it's good just to take an hour maybe or a day or maybe even you need a week and it's just like, get, just, just move out of that environment, get out of it so you can look at it and therefore you kind of get, a, I believe, a better perspective on what you're dealing with and what you need to address. And so mm-hmm. that was just one, one practical thing. So, you know, like ask your boss for a day off, Yeah, yeah. you know. Um, Honestly though, like to tag on that too, like a 10 minute walk around like the office or just like go like grab a coffee or something like that. Like if your head's down in it, like this yeah. is practical for work environments. Totally. If your head's down in it. Just walk away from the screen, like go like take a little stroll, grab mm. a coffee, just step Look at out. The li- what did you say? Look at the lilies. Yeah. <laughs> the lilies. Yeah. Encourages us to do Matthew six. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's a huge one. Um, super simple, but just physically just change it up for a minute. Um, Another one I hit on was create the right boundaries. And this is huge, um, I think, with this specific area. So anxiety, mental health, emotional struggles. We have to be willing to create the right boundaries. So, for example, we shouldn't let someone into our emotional and mental world that shouldn't be there. Yeah. Yeah. but also, so, so that's with people, but also like in the areas of our life, and I think this is a way you can really build margin in your world, is don't let so, like one area bleed over into another area. And I use the example of my own life with church. So we, we, we've got a church now of, of, of a certain size and we've got a team of 15 people on staff and like, there's a lot to do each week. And I don't let my church life work-wise, Monday through Friday, bleed over into my relationship with my kids. I see them as separate, you know, even though I'm doing life and it's all, it's all kind of in, in there. But, you know, I don't have to, I can create a boundary there and, and that can help me um, when it comes to even just my own headspace mm-hmm. and just saying, hey, when I step out of that world, I'm moving from one boundary to another. So when I'm at home with my kids, um, emotionally and mentally, I'm at home with my kids. Yeah. And that's a huge thing for people. So, so 
so when it comes to just dealing with people create boundaries with people don't go there with someone that you shouldn't go there with Mm -hmm. emotionally because that's not going to build margin it's going to if anything it's going to steal margin Um, so that was one Uh, another one was go and do something for someone another practical yeah yeah. you know yeah that was um, great and and i've studied this as well um you know even some of the great psychologists will tell you know we'll we'll come up with this stuff when it comes to margin um uh, you know if you're struggling and you're in a dark place um what should you do one of the things they say to do is go and do something for someone else Mm -hmm. get the focus off you and so I said this, like, get up off the couch, go to the other side of town where uh, other, another part of society where people are so much worse off and do something. And, and, I've, and I've read stories about, you know, people that are struggling with depression going to soup kitchens um, and just serving homeless people. Yeah. Yeah. And it just lifts them out of there. there yeah. And even if it's just for a moment, even if it's just for a week, this is a practical thing we can do. And maybe that might just be something that could help someone right now that's listening to this that you're in a struggle, you're going through it right now, maybe you could just quickly think of, you know, just in your peripheral world, you know of like, say, a ministry or a not-for-profit or a group that's trying to help people that are really, really struggling. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can just tag into that for a minute and just go and do that. And um, and maybe that'll really help. Yeah. I so, mean, it can be as simple as even like bringing coffee to coworkers. Totally. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, food for families that are struggling with mm-hmm. something. Um, maybe a friend of yours just had a baby and there's no way they can clean their house. Go over and clean their house. You yeah, know? yeah. Stuff like that. That's awesome. Isn't it funny too, though, like not to interrupt this chain of thought, but you talk about how leading psychiatrists and psychologists will say acts of generosity and altruism are good for our mental health. Mm. And that's how Jesus has called us to live. Like yeah. I love the parallels yeah. of like, yeah. okay, here's what science and psychology and the practical and like kind of what people would call I'm, I'm using air quotes here the secular says yeah and it lines perfectly up yeah with what the gospel says and what god has called us to do yeah mm. all right we're on to something here <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i think jesus was onto something <laughs> he had um, an idea safe to say um yeah so yeah helping people another one was um and this you know i think resonated with people in church for sure was replace fomo with jomo yes okay Okay. fomo was one of those words that i'm maybe i'm too old i don't know (laughs) i didn't even know what it was but fear of missing out right that's what so the fear of missing out is a real fear um you see it so much these days Mm -hmm. um especially amongst young people like teens and stuff like that it's fear of missing out on what everyone else is doing Mm -hmm. um or whatever everyone else is a part of but i was like you know what if we replaced FOMO with JOMO, the joy of missing out Yeah, and, Love and it. just be, <laughs> and be kind of in a sense, be stoked with whatever you're doing and not even caring about what someone else is doing. Yeah. I think that can really help us mentally. Yeah. Uh, help us emotionally and help us with even anxiety. If you're anxious about what's happening over there. I mean, what about if we just replaced it and, um, and just said, you know what, I'm actually pretty, pretty happy with what's happening right here. And, mm-hmm. um, I think in the 11 o'clock yesterday, I said, you know, what if we just started approaching life was like the best thing that's happening right now is what, I, what I'm doing wherever I'm at. Yeah. So good. The yeah. joy of missing out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can just help you give yourself a break, you know, because yeah. even, even just that thought of like, if you live with a fear of missing out mentality, 
you can just find yourself running all over the place trying to keep up with what everyone else is doing. Yeah. I don't see that as positive for, for mental no. health. Constantly glued to your phone, like waiting for the next call or text or whatever it may be. Yeah, and social media, you know, this is the negative side of social media, but it fuels this kind of, this lifestyle of, oh, I just got to like keep up with what everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe that, that, that means like if you struggle with this, maybe you just need to kind of delete the app for a month or, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, just, just, just turn away from it because it's not healthy no. yeah. and it's definitely not going to build margin. Yeah. I know me and my wife have found ourselves and I got off social media a while back, but she's still on it. And we found ourselves like looking at photos of like friend groups that we're part of doing stuff. And we're like, wait, we weren't there. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we have to remind ourselves, we had an awesome day hanging out with our family. Totally. We don't need to be there. We yeah. don't need to be in the middle of it. Yeah. And it can cause like tensions and rifts if you don't know how to manage it properly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and just to keep going with some of these practical ones that I gave, I gave us yesterday was, um, and this is, I think was my favorite part of the whole message was, <laughs> you know, um, laugh a little more than you used to. Yeah. Just a simple practical handle, but you know, we can get so serious in life. And life can become so full on that we find ourselves just like not enjoying things or not yeah. laughing in a mm-hmm. moment. And I've just, the, 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 the more I go on in life, the more I realize just how much it benefits me if I'm laughing and I'm happy and I'm around people that make me laugh and, and enjoy life. And so, um, you know, I, I spent a couple of days with, with a friend of mine, you know, just recently. And I, I promise you for two days straight, I felt like I was just, constantly belly laughing <laughs> to the extent where it's just it was silly you know you get on those giggle runs and you can't you can't get off um but i encouraged our church yesterday i said you know when's the last time you laughed so hard it hurt yeah and and it was like you know you know just the sort of stuff you used to do in the classroom at school you know and things like that but but it's kind of cool that that again studies talk about how the the effect of laughter on our emotional and mental well-being mm-hmm. Um, and I read this excerpt and I'd love to just sort of read it right now, but this particular study said uh, this was the effect of laughter on our emotional well-being. It said people who laugh readily heal faster. Yeah. Medical authorities are still trying to figure out how exactly this works physiologically, but clearly humor is medicinal. It tastes better than pills. It works just as good and costs less. Laughter diminishes from childhood, but laughter is such a key component. Um, Perhaps the best kind of laughter is when we laugh at ourselves because we never run out of material. (laughs) And I love this story that this guy says. He said, after Hurricane Andrew leveled his house, a South Florida man put a sign out reading, open house. (laughs) And he said this, he said, you know, he will heal faster than his neighbors. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And kind of a cool thing as well, even just for, for... for thought today but like studies new studies indicate that the even the anticipation of a humorous event as far as two days in advance will begin to reduce stress hormone levels and boost the immune system um and to me that's just so interesting because i've met people in life that that it seems like you know in a sense they don't even take life seriously they're just always joking having a good time um, enjoying life and and humor is this thread throughout you know and they've just got it and I just notice sometimes with people like that I'm like you know what in a sense like this person 
is actually really happy because they're they're allowing humor in all the time. And so sometimes I think we just got to look at our lives and say, you know, do I need a little bit of humor? I said yesterday, I said, find a comedian you love. And I said, make sure it's a clean one. Yeah. <laughs> but, but find a comedian you love and just like cue it up on YouTube, you know, so mm-hmm. it pops up and you, you watch it once a week or twice a week, you yeah. know, but like stuff like that, be around, find people that make you laugh and be around those people, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, I've, I've definitely got to, got to keep doing that because sometimes I can, you know, I can get my head down and get serious and, um, but I find myself gravitating now towards people that just make me laugh. Yeah. yeah. And it just helps my emotional mood. It helps my mental state of health. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's great and it's a good thing to do. So they're just a few practicals that I gave us, you know, yesterday, but it seemed like, again, like, like you, like you said, Tommy, like, it seems like people, you know, really leaning into some practical stuff in church. So that's yeah. cool. I think that's awesome. I think another part of it that was really practical, and we kind of touched on this earlier when we talked about the role of the church as like a community, but I think there's also an em- emphasis on like the individuals that you surround yourself with. Um, you talk about some I like some methods and some things to look for when you for you look for uh, in for people, right? Yeah. Where you say find your people, talk to your people. What are some of those things? Um, yeah. So. So the role of, you know, the community that you're in is so critical mm-hmm. um, and you got to find your people. And so I sort of, I spent some time on that yesterday, just, just talking about like, you, you have to go and find who these people are. Sometimes we find the wrong people mm-hmm. and, and, and I just wanted to kind of distill that for a moment with people and say, okay, this is kind of maybe some direction you could take. So a, a couple of questions I sort of threw out there that maybe people could ask was like, who in my world is consistently checking in on me? So actually is like wondering how I'm doing, you know? Um, and these are hints like, and as well, yeah. like who, who seems to make themselves available for me? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that they, they actually kind of, they, they kind of want to talk and hang out. Like people like that, you know, are, are hints that these, these could be your people. Someone else, someone else could be someone who continues to, to, to go out of their way to make me feel important and loved. Yeah, that's good. And I think like, you know, what we, the per, again, the personal responsibility side of this message was like, maybe you need to take inventory of your world, your friends. Mm-hmm. Who, who's someone that's like, you know, yeah, it's easy to hang out with, but is actually good for you? That's a good question to ask because there's plenty of people maybe that could be easy to hang out with. Right. Um, but are they necessarily the ones that are helping you build margin in this area? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's really good. I think it's really important to, um, you talk about recognizing the signs. And I think just speaking from personal experience, like there have been moments in my life and I know I can, I'm not going to speak for my wife, but this is something that she struggles with too, where I don't recognize or we don't recognize that we're under stress Mm. until it boils over Mm. until it like has that kind of tipping point where it becomes kind of catastrophic in a sense. Yeah. Um, so I think there's, I think there's a lot to talk about there. And I don't know if you'd want to talk about that, but the idea of like recognizing where you're at and be kind of like constantly checking yourself. Totally. So in the message yesterday, I sort of, uh, I made it simple and I said, you know, when we're driving along the interstate, um, going towards the destination, um, you know, there's going to be signs along the way that are previewing what's ahead. And it's the same with our emotional world. So and I, and I also I use the caveat that sometimes in life we get ambushed by tragedy and mm-hmm. stuff that happens, sadness, you know, just hits, you know, a call comes in, losing a loved one, 
Um, Jill and I have experienced that more than once. Um, so there are some things that just come at you and it's like, okay, I got to deal with this right now. It's just, it's basically just, you know, right up in my face. But sometimes in life we can recognize the signs that something is going to happen. Um, and it could be, you know, a huge project at work. You know, to me, it's just like, that's a sign that, that, that you, you could be under stress. You could mm-hmm. be under, you could, you could experience some anxiety. So what could you do to prepare for that? Yeah. Um, you know, Jill and I, as part of our story, you know, we, we went, we experienced a significant loss early in our marriage, our first child. Um, and it was, it was crazy, but you know, every year when that anniversary comes around, it's a sign, you know, mm-hmm. for me, it's a sign in my own life that that's going to be a big event. And it's so even emotional events, like sometimes, like I remember even with that specific example, like I would get ambushed by that each year. Yeah. I'd find myself there. and I'm just like, whoa, what's happening? Like, why am I so you know, not okay and, you know, all this sort of stuff. And I just look at my calendar and be like, oh my gosh, you know. Yeah. And, um, but recognizing the signs can help me, you know, navigate those waters mm-hmm. as we approach. And so I just really wanted to encourage our church, like, like what are the signs for you, you know? Yeah. It could be like the work example is a good one. A lot of time we face anxiety, you know, in the workplace. Yeah. Could it be a result because you know there's a big deliverable coming up? Mm-hmm. And you need to, you know, prepare for that. And I think that's what, you know, what Jesus is kind of saying in his Matthew 6. He's like, just live in the moment. I'm not saying don't prepare for what's ahead, but, um, but, but you can look around you. Like he said, look at the birds, look at, you know, look, look for the signs around you, both positive and negative that are going to help you in the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's just a practical thing. But sometimes like we, we literally, we don't think about these things. We just, we just kind of go through life and then it's like we hit a wall mm-hmm. and and it's sad to think that that we could condition ourselves to to just say that's well that's now my expectation of what life looks like i don't believe we're called to live that way right you know where we just hit walls all the time yeah yeah so in this series that focuses on margin we talk about the importance of margin not only in our lives but the importance of margin in other people's lives and how our margin can affect others and the way we interact with them. And I think this message in particular, you talk about the importance of needing to create margin to understand how anxiety and emotions and all these things can affect us, the importance of recognizing the signs. What does that margin then allow us to do when it comes to the call to like help and serve other people? Yeah. So this series is all about building margin, creating margin, defending margin, um, even just taking people on the journey of, Hey, I, I need margin. So, mm-hmm. um, but what would, what would we say is the goal is obviously to live with margin, but also understand that my margin is meant to bless other people. Yeah. That's good. Um, so I would just, um, I would just say like, you know, even in this particular area, if you have some headspace, you know, that could be something that helps other people. Like for example, if someone's going through a, a tough time, your availability to talk, Mm-hmm. you know yeah your, your your willingness and your availability and your margin that you have built in could could then be you know a simple catalyst for a conversation mm-hmm. um a simple um you know like e- even if something is, is so- someone's going through even a deeper struggle your ability to to maybe um you know as a god-ordained thing to be in their world as someone that's they're going to help them get treatment encourage them to mm-hmm. go and, and get some help um 
to walk alongside them in prayer. You know, we haven't sort of talked too much about prayer in this podcast, but prayer is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, even having the margin in our world to say to people, hey, I just want you to know I am praying for you and, and I'm coming alongside you. Like this is margin that actually blesses other people. And that's the goal of our series is to to see people living in a way where we have margin in our own lives and that's great for us. Yeah. We're healthy, mm-hmm. you know, and, and margin as well is, is I don't think it's static. I, I believe it's dynamic, mm-hmm. you know, so we're, we're always yeah. looking at it from that perspective where it's like, it's not like you kind of throw margin in a pantry and it sits there, you know, <laughs> right. for a year. It's moving and, and like there's different areas of our life, you know, there's different margin in different parts of our world. So, so I look at it that way and I say, okay, but, but how cool would it be if it wasn't just for us, mm-hmm. but it was also for the world around us and, and being able to bless other people because we add margin in our world. So yeah, it's so good. It just, I think you've touched on it in one of the other points, but or one of the other messages, uh, I'm, I'm going to say old Testament about how we're not supposed to reap all the way up to the edge of our, mm-hmm. our like line basically. And you know, the benefit, like the reason that we're supposed to do that is because Right. Am, yeah. I, am I right in saying yeah. this? Like yeah. the reason that you're not supposed to do that is so that way other people can come along and get that what's like kind of left over from what you don't end up reaping. Totally. Yeah. The, the principle in that part of Leviticus was for the, for the poor and for the sojourners, mm-hmm. the travelers, the, the wanderers, the people that essentially didn't have a home. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you think about like that parallel in our New Testament world, like, like it's just so powerful. Mm-hmm. Lost people. Yeah. So my margin can affect people who are lost. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. God, you're so good. Um, so yeah, that's the principle there is, is like, you know, if, if I don't go to the max in my life and there's something left over, that that leftover could be available for someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I know we've talked about a ton of really important and heavy stuff today, and there's like so much more that we could keep going on with this. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just want to emphasize the importance of reaching out to people um, and knowing that you don't have to go through this alone. We know that a lot of people yeah, struggle right. with these elements of whether it be anxiety or emotional discourse or mental health issues. We know that there's a ton of people that go through this and there's a lot of people that do feel like they are alone in that. And the truth is you don't have to be alone. Yeah. Yeah, so right. please, if this is something you're struggling with, reach out, um, mm-hmm. reach out to us here at Colonial Church. Um, you can find us at colonialchurch.life or you can just come visit on a Sunday morning, come at nine or 11. We'd love to have you. We'd yeah, love to right. sit down and talk with you, have a coffee. Um, in our church, we always joke about there's two things we love, Jesus and coffee. Um, so <laughs> coffee is a very communal thing and we'd love just to yeah. spend some time talking to you. But again, please reach out. It's very, very important. We don't, you, we don't want you going through this alone and you don't have to. Yeah, that's right. um, that's so we hope you got something from this and we hope that we can hear from you. We'd love to hear your story. Even if it's, you know, even if it's something you're not struggling with currently, we'd love to hear your success story of where you've come from, your seasons that you've gone through, where you've dealt with these things and how, how you've dealt with it and how Jesus has helped you through it. So please reach out and uh, talk to us. We hope that you got something from that and it challenges you to grow. Please share it with someone who needs to hear it and reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you and your thoughts on the message and this session. Until next time, God bless.